0: and ask me questions if i was confusing i really haven't been doing many podcasts recently um i guess i should probably apologize for that but there there hasn't been much news there ha- I, and i really haven't had a whole lot of motivation because there really hasn't been a whole lot of news you know i i can pop on and uh, yammer 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 but it's um i just haven't been motivated to say anything with nothing going on. You know, I I guess I could have had a podcast when the Cubs claimed Robert Stock on waivers. Former catcher. Throws hard. Tends to be a bit wild. Used to be in the Cardinals system. Um, But there just hasn't really been a whole lot going on. And I just just haven't. But uh, it is Rule 5 week. And more importantly than Rule 5 week, today the affiliates were announced. Well, kind of. It's a process. The minor league affiliates are being sent, well, 120 of them are being sent an affiliate agreement. That they can either sign or decline. And the four Cubs full season affiliates are all being held over. Iowa will still be triple A. Tennessee will still be double A. South Bend takes the jump to advanced A. And the Myrtle Beach Pelicans are now low A. Um, Part of that is because the Midwest League has really stepped up as far as having really nice venues in, oh, relatively major cities. I'm going to consider Lansing and uh, South Bend and, you know, those, those are legitimate advanced A cities. Plus, they are a bit north and there were problems for a lot of teams with sending a youngster who's first year out of Venezuela or second year out of Venezuela. Teams really don't want to send young arms, 18, 19 years old, up to South Bend or Fort Wayne in April. It's just not wise. And if you have a 20 or 21-year-old, They might as well get used to it, but you don't want to have a kid's first major league or minor league experience off of the compound being in cold as piss Fort Wayne, and everybody's first road trip is going to Garmin and emptying all their money into buying hand warmers. Second year, if that ends up happening, hey, at least they know what baseball's about. Um, So, yeah, no huge changes as far as the affiliates. Um, Eugene sounds like they're catching on with San Francisco, the Giants organization. Beloit, just north of me, is now going to be a Marlins affiliate. Um, The A's have jumped to Lansing. The Blue Jays have jumped to... Is that Vancouver? So yeah, I I, I haven't seen. Wh- it, it looks like the uh, Midwest League might be a twelve-team league now instead of sixteen because um, three of the teams have not gotten invites: Burlington, Clinton, and amazingly, here here's one that stuns me: Geneva. <laughs> Kane County does not have an, uh, an offer yet. I, I don't know. I, I think they're probably the sixth man in case somebody decides, wait a minute, no, I don't really like how this is working out. Um, but maybe Geneva, maybe the Kane County Cougar, Cougars will end up playing the Schaumburg Flyers in Indie Ball. I don't know. Um, but yeah, as far as the Cubs are concerned, really not a whole lot of changes as far as the where the affiliates are. It looks like the magic number is 180. And by the magic number, I mean how many minor league players a team can have. It used to be as of 2019, oh boy, the good old days of minor league baseball. If a team, for instance, I'll use the Reds for an example. They had four full-season affiliates, as they do now. They also had two short-season affiliates. One was in the um, Pioneer League, I think, and one was in Appalachian League. And they had you know, rosters full of players, and they would play games, and the games would count. And uh, players would develop, but now teams are not allowed to have... Short season affiliates. Those are not permitted. They're verboten. They're illegal. They're banned. Unless they're on the compound. What ends up happening is a team can have a 40-man roster. And beyond that, stateside, they can have 180 players. And that's it. That's all. So let's say a team has 180 players, which is the maximum. And somebody in one of the independent leagues is absolutely shredding, hitting the piss out of the ball, or striking out two guys an inning almost. Okay, we want to sign that guy. You go out and sign that guy, you have to release someone else. Because you're only allowed 180 players. That's it. If you're claiming a 181st player, you have to release one of the other 180 Absolutely insane that baseball is being turned into a timed contest. You have to be this good by this date, otherwise you're getting released. David Bodie would have been released four or five times in the Cubs pipeline if there was a limit on players. But hey, that's where we are now. That's progress, and we're supposed to like it because all the minor league teams are saying, we're looking forward to this new era in minor league baseball. So yeah. Um, the Cubs, their four affiliates remain the same. Um, I like all of the announcers in the affiliates. The Eugene guys tended to be a bit ragged once in a while, but hey, they're they're still around. In fact, they're increasing their games per year. They're jumping from a short season affiliate to a... Um, Full season affiliate. Because after all, there are no short season affiliates anymore. Oy vey. Um, Wow. So, as far as the Cubs are concerned, the main difference is Myrtle Beach and South Bend are flip-flopping. And we'll see how that ends up playing out. Uh, but no, there, there won't be any new cities to get used to. They won't There won't be any of that going on for Cubs fans. Thanks for stopping by to listen to my podcast. I put quality and effort into each one to try to ensure information you won't necessarily get as promptly or completely from other sources. If you have friends that might enjoy this sort of information delivery service on Deep Dive Cubs News, send them a link of an episode that might resonate with them. Perhaps this one. Hitting like, share, follow, retweet, or subscribe is also appreciated. Ask if you need assistance on sharing. Much of this podcast is assessing value. As you assess the value this podcast provides you, most podcast delivery systems allow a link for you to contribute to the podcast in the fashion that is most applicable. Thanks for any and all levels of support. Now, the other thing going on is... Mañana, 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 Thursday. About uh, 23 and a half hours from now is the Rule 5 draft. No, it'd be 22 22 and three quarters hours. Yeah, I think it's like 11 o'clock Central. Um, Rule 5 draft is where teams have to have their 40-man rosters set and players that are available can be selected poached from another team for cash only and most people ignore the rule 5 draft and i have no i have no worries about somebody deciding no i'm not interested in the rule 5 draft because i'm interested in the major league team only hey you know it whatever whatever flies your kite um but as far as If you are interested in the Cubs acquiring talent before it becomes well enough known so that it is no longer acquirable within reason, Rule 5 draft is an option. Cubs will be 21st on the board. Not all teams are going to draft players in the Major League round. Not all teams are going to draft players in the Minor League round. But uh, the Cubs certainly have a number of roster spots available to add a player. And the premise with the Rule 5 draft is you're looking for the future. For instance, if the Cubs draft a player in the Rule 5 draft or acquire a player who was drafted in the Rule 5 draft, it's primarily not about this guy is going to help us win in 2021. That's usually not the case. Sometimes that will happen. That a player will do really well out of the Um, But usually that's not the case. Usually it's a case of, we kind of like this guy long term. And we acknowledge he'll probably stink this year. But we're going to bite the bullet and re- try to retain him the entire season and hope that on into the future he will be better. Hector Rondon is a perfect example of that. The Indians left Rondon unprotected in the Rule 5 draft in, oh, goodness, whatever year it was. The Cubs drafted him, and he was bad. He was bad. Everybody knew he was bad. He was bad, but he threw really hard, but he was bad. And the next year he was less bad and he was really good for a couple of years for the Cubs. And then eventually he got bad again. But uh, the Cubs decided they would rather have Hector Rondon in the system than not in the system. And that's the question. Is this guy worth acquiring for the system for the long term? And... If you are a person who prioritizes 2021 over 2022 or 2023, you're probably going to be opposed to the Cubs drafting anyone in the Rule 5 draft, and that's fine. Um, Personally, I'm prioritizing 2023 over 2021 or 2022 because I think 2023 is the next year that the Cubs can realistically be on a par with the eh, Braves, the Dodgers, the Padres, you know, they're really good teams. Uh, I'll toss in the White Sox, too. Um, And for the Cubs to get better for 2023, it would be nice for them to add players who will be useful in 2023, even if it means they might lose a game or two in 2021 because of it. So there are a handful of names that I'm kind of interested in for the rule 5 draft. Now, I'll try to remember if I can go, uh, let's see, Sterling Sharp is a pitcher who I'll start with him. He pitched for the Marlins last year. Um He was claimed in the rule 5 draft, didn't last the entire season. Let's see, was he with the Marlins at the start or the I think I think he's with the Marlins now. So someone else drafted him and couldn't keep him the entire year and he went back to the Marlins. It could be the other way though, honestly. Um, He lasted for a while, didn't make it the entire year and ended up getting sent back. And the reason I'm interested in Sharp is because if a team ends up having a player, league rules, if a player is... Released outrighted is the technical term twice, he gets he becomes a free agent. So if you get outrighted one time, tough beans, that's how that's how the game goes. But if you get outrighted a second time, then you can choose whichever team you wish to go with. And since Sharp failed to survive the rule five gauntlet last year. He was outrighted. So that was the first time he got outrighted. And if he gets selected this time and gets outrighted again, he, can't, he isn't forced to go back to his old team. He can, if he decides he wants to, become a free agent. So if the Cubs end up getting Sterling Sharp in spring training, and he's, oh boy, we like him, but we're just not going to be able to keep him, if he ends up getting outrighted, he might decide, you know what? I'd like to go to the Cubs. So, There's kind of a little asterisk there. I'm interested in Sterling Sharp on that reason. I'm not saying he's going to be fantastic, but he pitched well enough at the major league level last year. He just didn't get kept. So there you go. I'm kind of interested in him. Brent Deguss. I'm not even sure how you pronounce D-E space G-E-U-S. I'm not even sure how you pronounce that name. I'm going to say it's Deguss, and he is a Dodgers pitcher, that is in their top 30. Okay, if there is a pitcher that is in the Dodgers' top 30, he's probably better than a lot of the pitchers in the Cubs pipeline. So, if Brett Degus is available, I'm interested in selecting him. Why? Because he's with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers generally get these sorts of things right. They decided they didn't want to protect him, probably because teams haven't seen him in over a year. So... If Brett Gus is there, I'm good with that. Similarly, if the um, Rays have a guy who's in their top 30, I'm interested. Well, which guy? Doesn't matter. They have a shortstop second baseman. I'm interested in him. They have a pitcher. I'm interested in him. If anybody from the Rays system is available for the Rule 5 draft and they're in their top 30, I'm interested because... The Rays and the Dodgers do a really good job of developing talent. So there you go. They uh, Garrett Cooper or something like that. They also have an infielder interested in those two guys. The guy I'm really the most interested in, though, is Akil Badu. First off, how could I not be fascinated in a player named Akil Badu? He's a dual unanimous. I love guys who are unonyms. For instance, Eloy. When you talk about Eloy, you know exactly who you're talking about. It's like, oh, are you talking about Eloy Wilson or Eloy Smith? Or no, it's Eloy Jimenez. Eloy is Eloy. Glaybear is Glaybear. I love unonym guys. You have the one name. All you need is the one name because you know exactly who the guy's talking about when he says Glaybear. When he says Eloy, you just know there's really nobody else that anybody's talking about. If you type out Brennan with an E, you're obviously talking about Brennan Davis because nobody else spells Brennan like that in baseball. Akil Badu, A-K-I-L, space, B-A-D-D-O-O. Not only is the name fantastic, not only is it a dual unanimous, he's a center fielder that can already play center field, and he's fast. How many times have you heard a Cubs fan say, the Cubs need a real center fielder. Akil Badu, he's a real center fielder. Can he hit? Piss no. I know. Cubs haven't scouted him in two years. How would I know if he can hit? But he did fairly well at advanced A ball. The Twins, the team from whom the Cubs would be poaching Akil Badu, boy, I, you have no idea how much I dig that name. Um, Whether there's DH, whether there's not DH, 26 man roster, what you're going to be having is you're going to, a guy like Badu, I want you to get two or three at bats a week. Maybe it's pinch hitting. Maybe it's coming in and playing center field and letting whoever it is, whatever it is, however it is. Akil Badu should, if he's even remotely competent, be able to make the Cubs roster in 2021. Unless he's absolute cat piss and the Cubs are contending, he might as well keep Badu. Why not? Because he can play center field and he can run. Either of those is something that the Cubs really don't specifically have. Hap's okay in center. Hap could move over to left. Hap could stay in center. Badu could come in in the eighth inning, boot Hap over to left field in the ninth inning when, uh, if the Cubs are ahead. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Bring the guy in, and let the Cubs coaches do what the Cubs coaches do, if that's any good. Akil Badu, Brett DeGus, the two guys from the the Rays, Sterling Sharp, bring in any of those four guys. And here's the thing: I had a an article on Bleed Cubby Blue last week. I had an I have an article on Bleed Cubby Blue this week. Today, about the Rule 5 draft. People have a mindset that I don't understand even at all. If someone else selects a player for whatever reason, oh God, I don't want him because he was on that team. Who gives a care? Arr! If you have done the research. I, I, I strongly recommend research. F- pick, a, pick out a couple of Rule 5 guys. Do the research. Decide for yourself if this guy makes any sense or not. But let's take Gus or Akil Badu. Either one of them. Somebody else selects Akil Badu. What that tells me is Akil Badu made sense as a Rule 5 pick. It means nothing other than that. It doesn't mean, oh, crap, the other team took him, so there's no chance the Cubs will ever get... There's a 50-50 chance that the player isn't going to survive the gauntlet for the team that initially selects him. So, if I'm interested in Akil Badu, if I'm interested in Brett Deguss, if I'm interested in one of those two guys from the Rays, if I'm interested in Sterling Sharp, or any of the other scores of players that are eligible for The rule five draft and logical. I might as well follow him, Akil Badu. Whoever drafts him, if somebody drafts him before the Cubs do, and the Cubs don't end up drafting Akil Badu, but he ends up going to, let's say, oh, who was the Tigers? Tigers grab Akil Badu. There is nothing in the entire world preventing me from following Akil Badu as he plays for the Tigers. Nothing at all. There is no law. There is no statute. There is no federal law. There are no state laws saying I am not allowed to follow Akil Badu. I can follow whoever the piss I want. So yeah, I want to follow Akil Badu. How's he doing? read some stuff. He played the other day. How did he look? Well, he looked a little bit uh, overmatched against a quality pitcher with a slider. And then a couple days later, well, this time he ended up playing a left-hander and he looked really bad against that. Well, I would expect that because he's just a kid and he's getting used to things. I'm more interested in how is this guy looking for 2023? So if Degas or Sharp or Badu is your guy. Follow them. Pay attention to them. See how they're doing. And if they are selected by someone else, you were already right. You were already right that they should have been picked in the Rule 5 draft because, after all, they were. Follow them. And if they still make any sense, if it's anything other than... um. he's a clown, he was out drinking until 3 in the morning, then, yeah, you don't want him. But if it's a case of he was outclassed against a better pitcher, we expected that. We expected that. If Akil Badu comes to the Cubs in any way, shape, or fashion, he will probably rarely get used. He'll he'll play about a game or two a week, maybe get two at-bats a week, He'll pinch hit a lot and probably make a lot of outs. You know, maybe it's uh, well, okay, we're going with the no DH apparently. So um uh pitcher's getting lifted in the sixth inning. We're gonna send in Akil Badu to pinch hit for him because he's on the bench and it's a right-handed pitcher in there. So Akil Badu goes in there and does whatever he does. Fly ball to right field. Oh man, he sucks because he made an out. No, 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 no. He's a kid. His goal is to be ready. In 2023. So, whether it's DeGuss, whether it's Badu, whether it's Sterling Sharp, whoever it is, the goal is have him ready to be productive in 2023. Get him through the blasted year. Get him through the season. Get him through the season on the major league roster. Then, in 2022, the Cubs have him free and clear. Then they can send him to AAA, which is Iowa, presumably for 2022 and let him figure everything out. then after that, hopefully he'll be ready to contribute in 2023. So yeah, if the Cubs are selecting a player in the Rule 5 draft, it's with an eye on the future. If you're interested in the Rule 5 draft, peg a guy that interests you and follow follow him, follow him, follow him, follow him, because you're trying to do your homework. And if the Cubs don't end up getting him, but he ends up with that other team, Keep doing the homework. Keep doing the homework. Keep doing the homework. And if he does end up getting um, placed on waivers, give us your read. Not on, is he ready to help the Cubs in 2021? Cubs aren't going to win 2021 anyway. I'm more interested in 2023. Is he going to be ready to help the Cubs in 2023? That's what I'm interested in. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's not that I don't care about 2021. It's just I don't think the Cubs are going to be all that good in 2021 either. It, it, regardless. Uh, whether it's Brett Degas, Akil Badu, or David Dow. I, regardless who it is, I don't think the Cubs are going to be particularly good. They could win the NL Central because all the other four teams in the NL Central are saying, we don't really care about 2021 either. Um. So yeah. Rule five draft is tomorrow. I will have a podcast updating you on what happened at the rule five draft. But um really hopefully hopefully the motivation returns. I I it, in a pandemic it's difficult to discuss properly motivation. And the motivation recently just hasn't been there. That the Cubs haven't done anything to be motivated about. Kind of adds to the ennui. Um, But yeah, the affiliates are the same. Robert Stock, woohoo. I hope he does well. And Rule 5 Draft. um, Rule 5 Draft Fever. Catch it. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs, go, and be nice to people.